0: is Scuba go, go, go. Go, go. the podcast for the inquisitive
1: diver. Hey there dive buddies and welcome back to the show. Now, you must be a fan of scuba diving, or you wouldn't be listening to me right now. Are you a fan of watches? Even more so, luxury dive watches. Now we all know of the common names, Rolex, Breitling, Omega, etc, etc, and they all have a lot of commonalities with one key feature, they were created with passion. Now, that leads me nicely on to introducing this week's guest, Sean Clements. Now, Sean has two passions. One is watches, and you guessed it, the other one is diving. So, a few years ago, he found a way to combine them and create a path to align with his future away from the corporate rat race. Sean, welcome to the show, buddy. Great great to be on the show, and thank you for having me. No worries. Um, our tricks over there, I mean, um, you're in the UK now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, all is, all is well. We're... Um, we've got through January, which is, which is important. (laughs) Um, I managed, I managed to, um, somehow do dry January, which I think was actually quite nice. Um, I've never been a massive fan of of doing dry jam, but I got to probably day 20 and and I hadn't had a sip of alcohol. So I figured let's just give it a few more days. So, um, so yeah, good. You know, uh, you know, going to the gym, not drinking, um, and and just working hard. So all all good. and, And trying to, trying to, Trying to plan a few scuba diving trips for later on in the year, so uh, I can't complain. I, I think January is the month of trying to book holidays. Is, is the way yeah. I see it,
1: <laughs> and then it's nine what months. About, what about on your side? As they all cancel? Um, well, <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I'm pretty impressed with the dry January thing. It's it's been a long time since I've gone a week without uh, any kind of alcohol, <laughs> and I, 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 I keep I keep meaning to do it, um, but. You know, knocking on the door of fifty-year-old, um, that repetitive voice in my head just says, "I oh, fuck it, have a have a chillax." You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I, there's, I there's like been drama. plenty. Of, we're only in,
0: on the sixth of February, and there's been there's been quite a few beers, so uh, I've, I've made up for it.
1: <laughs> good idea, good idea. In fact, last night I was doing because we've got um, we've got the Galapagos trip coming up in July. And obviously, we've been a bit stagnant with COVID and all that malarkey. So, there's a few COVID pounds been packed on. So it's time to diet a little bit. So I did all my facts and figures last night, and calculating, um, you know, the, the rate of loss, so that you don't pack it all back on. Um, so I've come up with this. You know, if I if I go into a cal- calorie deficit for six hundred of, mm. of six hundred calories per day, which is it's mm. a healthy size if you are like. Seventy-five, eighty kilo, but uh, knocking on the door of one hundred and twenty kilos. It's not a lot to reduce, so I'm I'm pretty chuffed. It's going to be, I think every every two months I'd be comfortably losing four kilos, um, and with okay. just short of six good. months to go, uh, could possibly be back down towards the hundred kilo mark, which I'm yeah kind of keen to do. It, it, I'm...
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting because I know I know this is a, this is a this is a podcast of. Uh, scuba diving in this case, uh, scuba diving and watches. But I, I'm also very interested in in dieting and and gymming. And I and, uh, I have tried the calorie deficit, but I'm I'm in I'm in the opposite. I'm actually trying to put on weight. Um, oh really? So uh, yeah, 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 so it's um, I, I think they call it bulking season or something like that. So um, so, yeah, so that's, that's so I'm, I'm on the complete opposite side, Matt.
1: Yeah. Oh, I can tell you all about eating enough food to uh, get the pounds on. Yeah, I, I used to <laughs> smash through whole chickens uh, regularly every day for for six months just to pack on the weight. Um, there we go. That's, just, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of
0: chicken and eggs in my fridge at the moment, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, hey, the top ten, I don't know whether you can still do it, but um, when I was training and living back in the UK, you could go down to, if you went down to Tesco at um, just mm. about 9 p.m. or knocking on the door of, of 9 p.m., um, the um, fresh foods uh trays like the fish and uh the meats and all that kind of stuff anything that's getting close to their use by date they they knock it down drastically in price before chucking it in the skip
0: so if you're
1: eating a lot of meat then uh leg it down there and wait for the nine o'clock call to see what discounts come on that's what i used to do anyway all right
0: interesting interesting
1: (laughs) good good tip yeah what you what you're loading up for then is it just for your own satisfaction or are you doing it for anything do, 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 do you
0: know do you know what not no particular reason i just i don't know every every year i kind of like to set myself a challenge and um i'm kind of the kind of individual where it's all or nothing which yeah. which is good and bad at times um but you know i had a good january i wasn't drinking i was keeping fit on a health kick and i just thought you know what let's let's just do it consistently for six months and see what happens um yeah and see if there's any any progress anything tangible I'm sure that will be um and that's it really and and probably in six months' time, I'll be bored of it and I'll move on to the next thing um but I don't know I just you know I'm, 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 a, I'm a man of routine um hmm. and with everything with work you know you know lifestyle, so just just giving it a go and um yeah no no real reason to be honest with you, but you know let's see what happens and if if it works out it works out if it doesn't, I'll move on to something different
1: yeah fair one what what you're weighing in at at the moment?
0: I am I actually weighed myself yesterday I am 78 kg and nice. I want to get up to I want to get up to 85 but I was reading somewhere um that I think putting on I think 5 or 10 kg in a 12 month period is actually really really hard um mm. unless you're training and eating like you know and I I don't eat a huge amount and that's probably um probably my issue but yeah I want to I
1: want to get up to that 85 kg okay yeah I would I would say that it's a, it's on percentage of body weight rather than five or ten yeah. kg as a as a rounded number but to be able to <laughs> yeah. so you're 73 you want to go to 85 was it no
0: 77 uh, 78 Se-
1: and I want to get to 85. 78 so seven
0: kilos
1: yeah 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 maybe half that and just aim aim for the half each year and, I think so. Do it in a two-year so. period, and it'll probably maintain then.
0: Yeah, just got to lift heavier weights. That's basically all I need to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret to everything, mate. Heavy weights. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
0: but it's going kind all of right. It's going kind all of right. You know, we. Like I said, we're. You know, I, I started this New Year's resolution. I always start my New Year's resolutions uh, three or uh, two or three weeks before New Year's. So then, when you right. hit January one, you're already got the momentum because otherwise it's like, well, it's Jan one, and then I'm just going to wait another week. So, so yeah, that that's also my um, my little trick. So, if anyone is if anyone's listening and they want to think about New Year's resolutions in you know in, in eleven months time, start early.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I must admit, I am a massive pro- procrastinator in the in the short term. <laughs> um, for example, if I if I get up in the morning and um, I want to do something. I'll, I'll quickly look at my phone instead, you know, and it'll be 25 minutes later and I've still not done what I was going to do in the first place. So I've started doing this, yeah. um, five second count back, you know, out loud, five, four, three, two, one, and do, and it really works. You know, is that kind and, of, the just get, of time. kind
0: of get you back in the moment?
1: Yeah. I saw something on, I think it was TikTok or Instagram or something like that. Some, some doctor or someone pretending to be a doctor. Uh, and they were just saying that you, you count backwards and it just resets the, the mind and, if you don't do it after counting backwards, then you're probably not going to do it. Um, so it might be just some sort of subliminal message in there somewhere. But it seems to be working. Um, and I'm a chief of yeah. procrastination, so it must be a good thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's um, it's a killer, isn't it? It's a killer, especially the things you don't want to do. Um, yeah, I, I try and kick that. But you're right, you, you know, you spend spend a couple of minutes procrastinating and half an hour later you've scrolled through x amount of tiktok videos or instagram <laughs> and then you're like what have i been doing with my life and and my instagram yeah. is just full of watches and scuba diving pictures so you know i can be i could be lost in that for a long time
1: yeah yeah i know where you're going with that one there's a few times i've been at work you know go to bed at 10:30 and 1, a, 1 a.m and i'm still scrolling it's like doom scrolling <laughs> just put it away i know, I know. anyway <laughs> um how, we're, how, we're, how, we're, go on go yeah, um, we sh- we should actually um, just uh, kind of introduce you to the world that's listening to the podcast and um, and get a little bit more detail about you. So clearly um, you're a scuba diver and um, you're into watch- watches. You've got a bit of a, a lust for watches. Um, but how and when did you get into diving? Let's start there.
0: So I got into diving, and I have to wrap my brains, but I want to say it was 2014. So 2014 was the first time that I ever really got into diving. Um, And that's, I traveled to Menorca, which isn't too far from London, to do my open water paddy. But prior Mm -hmm. to that, I I did have a go of it in Cyprus and I think it was a discover scuba or, or something along those lines where I did you know half a day in the in the in, in the swimming pool and then half a day in, in the ocean but never really got the bug and I'm not sure why um, but I guess if we take a step back I've I've just always really been interested in the water and the ocean and I think it's been a, a mixture of being really curious um, of a world that um, we don't know a huge amount about, I think, I think we know more about space than we know about the ocean, which is kind of mm-hmm. scary given the ocean is literally on our doorstep or on some people's doorsteps. Um, and just this, this kind of interest in the deep blue. And I think it's a combination of curiosity and, and just being a little bit scared of, you know, what kind of lies beneath. So I think a combination of those has always given me a curiosity of, 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 of the ocean, um. And even when, even when I think back to when I was younger, I always enjoyed being by the sea. Whether that was family holidays, um, we did a lot of cruising when I was younger with, with the family, and you know I just loved being in the ocean, uh, by the ocean, in the ocean. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I've always been a bit of a water baby, but I've always been curious about it. So I think that's kind of where that. You know, that kind of itch, itch has always been. And, and in 2014, mm. I decided finally to do my paddy. Um And I think the the real kickstarter for that was um I'd, I'd always done snorkeling, but I always used to see the scuba divers and think, that's what I want to do. You know, they're kind of yeah. like the a- action men hero. Um, and that's kind of where it all came from. Um It's a bit sad, really, but that's kind of the way I thought about it. So I did my paddy in 2014. I did it in Menorca. All I can really remember from that was it was bloody freezing. I did it, I think, in <laughs> October, which was off-season. Someone recommended me a dive school, and don't get me wrong, um, they were brilliant. Um, it was, I, I can't remember the name of it now, but um, I'm not even sure it exists, but it was a brilliant dive school. It was pretty much a one-on-one training session, um, mm-hmm. but it was really cold, um, and I didn't see a lot, um, so, <laughs> so one would argue that, you know, why would you ever want to do it again, but but honestly, after a couple of days, I got the bug, and that's where it all started. So I did my open water, and then from there, I started just um, having fun with my dives. So from there, I think I went. I think my next dive was over in Mexico. So if you can imagine going from Menorca to Mexico, things were very different. I got to see some interesting stuff. The water was warm. I wasn't in a kind of a 7 mil, you know, dive suit. I was suddenly in a shorty thinking, you know, what the hell is this? But um, yeah. So I went from doing my paddy which I loved. Um, and then I did some dives in just some dives in Mexico. I went to, um, Central America. Um, I had a, a couple of dives in the Caribbean and then, you know, I kind of just, you know, was just a casual diver. And then when I really wanted to get into it is when I started doing some more courses. So I went, I went over to Malta and I did my advanced uh, Paddy. Um, and there's a really great dive school again, and we'll probably get onto this in the podcast, but, um, you know just getting those recommendations from family friends reading about it is really really important so that was a, that mm. was a that was that was scuba tech shout out to scuba tech i guess that if we can promote on here <laughs> but anyway um
1: yeah you if you're looking your
0: to if, yeah if you're looking for somewhere to dive in malta scuba tech um give, give derek a call and um, he's, he's a good guy and um you know again you know really small groups and i did my did my advance there and then i've gone back there for the last couple of years and just just done a load of um um, a load of kind of fun dives. You know, I've done a few courses along the way, but for me, you know, Malta's a great place because it's not too far from the UK, warm waters, fantastic visibility, and mm. is, is is pretty famous for, for wreck diving. So if you're interested in seeing some course sunken ships from World War Two, Malta's the place to go. Um yeah. there's not there's not, not, a a th- marine, yeah, not a huge amount of marine Yeah, there's not a huge amount of two. Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, some of the some of the you know the best dives that i've done have been in malta um but i've also had the experience of you know diving in central america and, and off mexico and i've seen some pretty interesting stuff in the water as well so what, what about think, did you I go in that, mexico uh i was i was in tulum um and just just um just just south of kind of Can- two hours of cancun so i did a couple, hmm. did a couple of cenote dives which are really interesting. I uh, saw a friendly crocodile or or an alligator. I can't remember what it was, but they said it was friendly and it didn't move. Um, so that was kind of scary when they pointed that out and they said, don't worry, it just stays there. And I thought, okay. Yeah. Um, and then saw some interesting you know, reef sharks when I was out there as well. But it, it's really famous for, for the whale sharks. I was actually off season, so I didn't get to see any. But um, that was great to, in
1: Mexico. And... So the, the, the whale sharks, so you'd have gone further north for the whale sharks then? Because Tulum... Uh, as you said, the the big attraction to Tulum, Tulum is the cenotes, um, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm trying to it's bugging me. I'm trying to think of the name of the dive site where you saw the crocodile because it's it's there all the time. But anyway, yeah. So the it, Welsh in, sharks in, would is have it been
0: like the car wash. The car wash. Uh, uh, well,
1: Maybe might that might be. Yeah.
0: Might be. Brings a bell. We're gonna get a load of people I'll into in going, but Fuck no, you got it
1: wrong. It's this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I but it's interesting because I um, I was there a while, quite a while ago now but I think um I think I think Tulum's changed and I think it's become mm. a, a slightly different place to where it was maybe you know kind of four or five years ago but um but a great place and if you want to you know it's, it's a great place just to go and have a few beers and you know go to restaurants and stuff but it's also a great place to dive in mm. but but the best we, the we, best place gone so we,
1: we, we did it on the way back up from Galapagos prior to COVID and um yeah I don't know. Um, there's been a chap on the on the podcast previously, Steve Crosby, uh, mate of mine. He was um, in and out of Tulum all the time. He's just popped up actually on social media and um, started as staff at one of the main dive shops in Tulum. So um, I, I know that was one of his his goals uh, last year. So um, congratulations to Steve if you're listening. And um, he's probably one of the ones that'll be cursing and swearing if we're fucking up all the names for the dive sites in Tulum right now, <laughs> which which I
0: probably am. So I also apologise. Um, but 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 like I said, it's a great place to dive. But so, somewhere I did the be- some of my best dives were in Belize, and that was ah oh, yeah. You know I was I was lucky yeah I was lucky enough to um, pretty much spend just over a week. Um, in in belize um in san pedro so I, I don't know if you know belize but there's a couple of islands i know san, san pedro is, um, yeah 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 <laughs> it's you know I, I, on, honestly if if everything goes to ship that's where i'm that's where i'm moving um yeah it's, it's an incredible place um and it's just you know it's it's, it's kind of diver's paradise i'm sure there's other you know, you, you know you've got other places in the world but for me it was just incredible the food the people and the dive was was incredible yeah. but um that that's where I saw some you know some pretty big, pretty pretty big sharks and um, probably one of the one of the best dives I've ever done in my life, but also one of the scariest dives of, I've ever done in my life, which we can get into. But um, which one was that? Definitely is. Um, which or, or why? Why was that?
1: Well, both go for it because I, so, I know those dive sites quite well. We've, we've we've been through there as well, so I can yeah. picture it.
0: So, so the, the best dive is pretty short and sweet, you know, surrounded by, you know, reef sharks. Um, I, th- I think there was a bull shark that you can be quite, well, either lucky or unlucky, but there was, you can see bull sharks there as well, which, you know, when, you, when you're on the surface and you're like, you know, I'm kind of not sure how close I want to get to a bull shark. But then when you're there, <laughs> you kind of just take it in your stride. Um, yeah. So it was brilliant. You know, I think, I think there was a moment where we were surrounded by, you know, kind of six or seven reef sharks. Um um, and it was great. I mean, it was just incredible and it was, it was just one of those surreal moments where you, you kind of, you know, you kind of forget to breathe, so to speak, and you, you're kind of under the water and, you know, you're just kind of mesmerized. So that was, that was just incredible. Um, and it just felt like such a safe environment, you know, such a great dive school. Hmm. Um, and that was probably one of the you know best experiences I've ever had under the water. On the flip side, when I first got there. Um and I and name I will I won't mention any names, but I did go to one dive school which which wasn't the best. Um and I hadn't dived, I think I think I hadn't dived for maybe nine nine months. So I was a little bit out of practice to be honest with you. And all I remember is we were on the boat and they said there's gonna be a few sharks. And I thought this is great, first time I'm ever gonna see a shark. Brilliant, what I've always wanted to do. Mm. And I'm looking over the boat and I can see all the sharks on the surface, and I thought, okay. So we've now got to get in the water, I guess. Um, And it just, the whole dive was just terrible. I I got in, the mask steamed up, I guzzled through my air. I couldn't really (laughs) see anything. All I could, could, you know, I could see sharks going past me, but with a foggy mask. I nearly dropped my dive computer. So it all went to crap. And I actually think I guzzled through all my air in probably about 28 minutes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then one
0: of the one of the scariest moments I ever had, and this probably, and again, it's probably something we should talk about, but it, it kind of goes against everything. But I'm pretty sure when we were in the water or just about when we was doing our kind of buddy checks, they basically said that you're going to stick together, you know, find your buddy. But if you need to go up you know, signal and go up on your own. And we weren't diving deep, but I, it, kind of, it kind of made me think back to my training, you know, several mm. years ago, thinking, well, I always just thought, you know, if, if you need to go up, you stick with your buddy and you go up together. Um, but mm. clearly that wasn't the case here. So just, just imagine it, I'm running out of there, um, you know, I've hit my, I think it was 50 bar or whatever it was at the time, and I'm mm. signaling to go up. I can't really see, and I'm trying to do my safety stop, you know, foggy mask and there's sharks surrounding me. And, you know, it sounds very dramatic, but it was quite scary. And I kind of had to mm. really remember my training um, um, and bearing in mind, I hadn't, I hadn't died for, you know, kind of nine months. So, you know, that it was kind of scary, but I learned a lot, you know, I learned a lot kind of, kind of in terms of staying calm um, and, and and remembering all those key skills from, you know, many years ago. So, you know, that was, it was really, I, I say it's the worst, but it was probably one where I had to really remember all my training, um, but it was quite mm. scary, you know, kind of going up on my own, not really being able to see and knowing that there were
1: sharks in the water, um, yeah, and that was my first I mean, experience
0: of seeing sharks.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's an awful lot of failings there in that little scenario for um, the dive operator yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, and you know, I know the argument would be, oh well, he's more than capable; he can do it himself. It's not the point. You know, it's you are trained in a particular way, and you know, deviation from from what is expected. Um, is only going to amplify any kind of concerns, mental concerns as well. and yeah. um, and, and 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 it's and, and it's safe to say I, I didn't do any more dives with that
0: operator, and then I went on to a different <laughs> part of the island, and my dives from then on were brilliant, um, and I can't fault yeah.
1: them. So there we go, best and worst of my trip in Belize. Yeah, fair one. Do you remember the do you know do you know? Well, can you remember the dive centre that you were diving with that you end up being happy with? I, I can't remember off
0: the top of my head. It's probably somewhere uh, in my in my um, it's probably somewhere in my dive book. But um, I, I want to say something like San Pedro divers, but it, it 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 might not be. I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. But I yeah. I, I, will, I will let you know off, off off at the end of this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll be one of the ones that are along a longer jetty of some sort. Um,
0: exactly. Yeah. And and if yeah. I remember rightly, I came out of my apartment and walked over the road onto the beach and onto the jetty and I was there so it was, it was, it, was yeah. it was a very short walk in the morning
1: yeah there's a couple of piers alongside each other and the one that we used was uh, ecological divers which I think okay it, it's probably that rings a bell one or two jetties up from where if it's San Pedro divers um, but yeah. they again yeah. same same um, kind of scenario with us we just had a fantastic time with the guys they were so good yeah. you know I've, yeah. I've praised them for so many years now and I'm just always anyone who asks where do we go diving in Belize I always send them to those guys just so good yeah and it's just a big um, yeah you know, just what we've talked about there with you having a bad scenario and a good scenario um, what a difference you know you're not gonna name and shame the dive shop um, for fear of being sued but the one that's good you know you first want to put in your hand in your air and say hey these guys they're awesome and it harks yeah, back to that yeah. comment you made earlier on about recommendations, you know, you yeah. do the good and, thing. and that's,
0: and that's the, um, and that's one of the things that I love about the
1: dive community.
0: It's, you know, wherever you dive, you always meet, whether it's people in groups or, or singletons that are diving, you know, when I was in Malta last time, there was a guy, um, really interesting, um, career and, and kind of dive history and he just went to Malta cause he heard about, you know, he wanted to do his, um, his rec diver specialty, and, you know, you get recommendations from people when you're diving with different buddies, you know, you, you learn, you're, you're always learning. And I just, I, I, you know, the the dive community is, it's an interesting community and it's, and it's, it's hard to describe in one word, but I think everyone has a purpose and everyone is looking to have a good time, dive safely. And I think, Mm. That that's what I love about it, you know. You you know you, you learn about people, their stories, their experiences, and and now whenever I whenever I pick a place to dive, it's you know I really do my research and I, I try I try and get recommendations for people that I kind of dive with or trust, um, and that's what I love about it. You know, there's there's always there's always more learning to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's that big thing, like say, so, I mean, I've mentioned it a few times now on the podcast, but you're going to get that kind of community feel with with any kind of sport or interaction that people are interested in um or pastime hobby whatever but diving i don't know what it is it's just there's something i feel very special about it and i think it harps back to us having that little exploration kind of curiosity thing in the brain and every dive you go on it doesn't matter whether it's a shit dive and you see nothing but you're experiencing that with other people that are you know, from a different walk of life um a different background yeah. um different lifestyle, but you've got that one commonality you're experiencing exploration of effectively another world and i i-, I can't praise it enough, I think it's fucking awesome and the the community like you say yeah. it's a great equalizer great equalizer
0: yeah. yeah 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 I like what you've done with that as well um i think i i i can't I can't agree more, and I just think. know it came back to my point before and you know we 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 know more about space in the ocean and i just think we're we're missing a trick here and i think we're all kind of like thrill seeker adrenaline junkies deep down you know we're not we're not jumping Mm -hmm. out of planes or you know bungee jumping but you know it's an extreme sport and you've got to know what you're doing and if you don't get it right you know you can potentially put yourself in in danger so i just Mm -hmm. think as much as everyone's there to have a good time and, you know, see, see some awesome stuff, I think there's, you know, I think everyone looks out for each other. It's, it's kind of like a family. It's, 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 um, it's, it's kind of special.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, right. Let's get on to the subject at hand. How has in and watches or your, your passion of watches, how's that crossed and uh, created what we have now? yeah so it's, it's, it's 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 a good question so i think so i guess if we kind of take a step
0: back i've i've always been interested um in watches and that's everything mm-hmm. from you know a 50 quid watch to a a ten pound watch or whatever it is i've always been curious around watches and the mechanics and how they look and, and how they work and i've always i've always just been interested in horology um i wouldn't say i'm a you know i'm, I'm a I'm an expert, but I'm—I would definitely say i am a am horologist. You know, it's—it's it, it's something that really, is really interesting to me, um, mm. and I've always been interested in diving, or you know, for my adult adult life. So, you know, when I was—I think—I think this was this all started during the pandemic, and I, you know, I was—I was working. I still am working in finance. Um, I was working over in New York. I came back, and then kind of came straight into a pandemic, which no one saw coming, and I just—I just started asking myself the question of you know do I want to do this for the rest of my life Um, and I started asking myself the simple questions of well if I didn't do this what what would I do Um, Mm. and I thought about it for weeks and months and 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 honestly I couldn't really come up with an answer Um, and then I, I spoke with one of my good friends and he just said you know what's what you're interested in what your passions and I said well you know I love scuba diving um if i could spend the rest of my life you know scuba diving that'd be brilliant and i also love watches and and very quickly as well you know why don't i create a dive watch brand and and it's really as simple as that so bringing two of my passions together to create a business i just thought well if i could wake up every day and 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 sell dive watches and create a brand then surely that's going to be a lot more fulfilling than what i'm doing in my day job so i just Basically, gave it a go, and I dive, I dived into it. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> I started designing designing dive watches, and I kind of roped in some friends and said, "Hey, you you've got some design skills. Can you kind of bring something to life?" I started, you know, finding a supplier base. Um, but uh, along with all of this, you know, I, you know, I've got a good understanding of the watch market, uh, both here in the UK and, and globally. It, it's you know, it's a saturated market there's there's loads of um, you know watch brands and there's loads of dive watch brands and so there's some big you know well-known names out there that have been doing this for thousands well hundred, hundreds of years right um, mm. so i wanted to do something that combined my combined my passions but also had something with purpose so what i started to think about was well how can i differentiate myself and how can i look at how can i look at the purpose of the brand and the vision and bring that to life um, and that's where upcycling came up and and upcycling mm. is something we all know we all know about recycling right uh, and we need to do more of recycling but reality is recycling is not enough yeah. and what we need to start doing is buying less new stuff and repurposing and reusing old stuff in the simplest form possible um, and upcycling has probably been around now for I don't know you know, it could be five or 10 years. It's probably longer. Someone will probably tell me it's mm-hmm. been around for longer, but it's, it's, it's a term that not as many people are familiar with versus recycling. So what I started to think was, well, what can I do? What can I upcycle and build into my, you know, my vision, my brand and my watches. And I played around with a few different materials, but you know, I, I came, I came across wetsuits and I thought surely there's a way of repurposing wetsuits and I started doing some research around wetsuits and I I, I can't remember the stats, but, you know, millions and millions of wetsuits end up basically in, in landfill every year. Um, Mm. and the reason why is because, you know, if you're a surfer and you get a hole in your wetsuit, yeah, you can probably stitch it up, but you know, they're relatively cheap, you know, to get your hands on these days. So, you know, I'm going to put that in the trash and I'm going to buy a new wetsuit. Same with a diver, you know, you, you have a wetsuit two or three years, it gets a bit salty, and you think, "Oh, I'm going to upgrade it to the next thing," and 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 there's and there's an issue with it. You know, you know, wetsuits is made out of neoprene, and neoprene is effectively a form of rubber, and it's it's a really horrible m- material to recycle. In fact, it probably just ends up in a landfill, and then probably back in the ocean when it gets broken down into you know kind of micro you know particles. So, long story short, there is this very there's this there's this there's this strange dynamic of you know divers and surfers who you know who love the ocean and are exploring the ocean, but ultimately those wetsuits end up back in the ocean as as, as pollution, um, mm. and that's where the kind of the the light bulb moment came. And I thought, well, actually, if I can if I can get people to kind of donate or you know give me old wetsuits that I can make into my watch straps, then let's give it a go. So that's kind of where the idea came from. It took me about a year to basically design manufacture and come up with a wetsuit strap and it was very very difficult one it was hard Mm. to find a supplier people haven't worked with neoprene you know i did my research and i think the best you've kind of got from upcycle neoprene is is a doormat or you know a a coaster for your cup of coffee i mean these are the kind of extremes you know that people Mm. are going to to kind of you know upcycle wetsuits so i thought well why can't we create a watch strap so Long story short, I wanted to create a brand that was focused around diving, watches, but also had a purpose of upcycling and charity. So combining all of that, and we can get onto the charity bit after, because that's actually um, that's quite topical right now. But hmm. for me, it was about just combining all of those passions and creating a brand and a vision that I can, you know, that I can kind of hand on my heart, say is, is something that I love to do, um, but also has a, has a purpose. So long story short, that's how it all came about. And... You Know we, you know, started in Jan 20. We had um, a year of kind of design planning implementation. We had a soft launch in August 2021 where we, um, where we launched well, soft launch, as I would say, and then we fully launched in December 2021 and started shipping out our watches. So it probably took, you know, what, what's that, you know, a, a year and a half, um. You know, two years from kind of you know idea into actually selling watches and creating a brand, and and from then yeah. it's kind of just gone from strength to strength. You know, um, I think I underestimated how difficult it is to create a brand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, I'm probably not doing myself you know a bit of a disservice, but I've never thought of myself as a most creative person. My background is kind of finance and spreadsheets,
1: facts and so, figures, yeah. You know, I mean,
0: yeah yeah and going into a world of creativity and design and branding and marketing was honestly just i had no experience um mm. and and to this day i've I've learned and i continue to learn but you know every time i sell a watch you know the joy that i get out of that is you know it's it, it, it beats everything else that i've done in my yeah. professional career so um yeah just being able to you know being on being on podcasts like this, where I can talk about you know diving and watches and you know upcycling in the ocean, I mean, well, let's let let's
1: dive in. I've been dying to use that one as well. Let's dive in a little bit deeper because um, I'm, I'm I want to ask about the um, how you make the the, the neoprene strap more rigid um is there a process where because we all know neoprene is relatively soft and and flexible and obviously squishes under pressure um how how do you make that into a a durable strap that's going to last
0: yeah yeah no it's a good question and that was probably one of the biggest challenges that i've had and and actually it continues Mm. to be something that we look to evolve but as as you say neoprene is a kind of a, a soft spongy material and it comes in all different Colors, shapes, and sizes. So, um, what what we set out to do was to create a strap. It's kind of a hybrid. So our strap is basically made from um, a, a rubber material that we source, mm-hmm. and we stitch the wetsuit into the rubber. And what we do is we use a piece of um, it's it's, a, it's it's like a, a recycled piece of leather that we stick to our neoprene to make it nice and rigid because as, as you say without that it would be quite flimsy um, mm. so what we try and do is we reduce any try and reduce any plastics that we use um, and, and that's a big part of it and actually all of our packaging that we use is, is all either recycled or, or upcycled materials which is great so what we do is we take a piece of silicone rubber um, we use either one or two mil wetsuits The reason why is if we start using like nine mil, it's just going to be too thick and clunky. So, we only effectively what we try and do is look at kind of shorties or or kind of you know fins, but nothing too thick. Um, Mm. and then we take a piece of piece of leather, um, that is then stitched into the rubber, um, and then it basically gives it that durability. Um, and we make sure that all the sides are kind of tucked in and stitched nicely so that you know, Mm. um, there's no rough edges because, as you know, neoprene is you know um especially because it's upcycled you know we, we get all sorts of donations right we get neoprene suits which you think god they've probably not even been worn or you get other suits where you think god these are these have probably been you know in the water for kind of last 10 years so yeah it, do, it we was, it was nine mil when
1: it first came out it's now one mil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so we um and, and actually we'll get on to that point around how you know we, we we get those donations but um but yeah and then we've we've got a supplier um and this is something that we're, we're very keen you know we're, we're trying to bring everything i say in-house um but you know it, it's challenging at times and that you know there's all sorts of things there's costs involved and all that kind of stuff which which we don't need to get into but you know what what we're trying to do is bring everything kind of a bit closer to home um mm. so that's effectively how we how we create the strap and it's it's, it's, a, it's a chunky strap it's yeah. it's it's four millimeters which which. which it's quite thin, but actually for a watch strap, it's quite quite thick. It's probably double the size of a, of a typical strap, which which I actually quite like because when you've got a dive watch, you want it to be quite chunky and sturdy, and especially if it's going over a you know a wetsuit or a you know kind of a, um, you know a, a skin or whatever it is, um, it's quite helpful mm. to have the chunky chunky strap. And the watch is quite chunky itself, so so that, yeah. that's how that's how we do it.
1: So it's effectively a, like a, a laminate process, then.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I would describe it. Um, but because it's housed in a um, a rubber mold, um, you, you get that durability as well. Because yeah. what 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 we originally tried to do was make a strap a hundred percent made out of neoprene, um, but it just didn't work. That's that's yeah. the reality of it. And 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 I, and I wish we could. I really really wish we could because we have so much material, um, and I would love to be able to say that. You know, it's it's made one hundred percent from neoprene, but it, it just wouldn't work, and you know you'd have watches falling off people's wrists, and that wouldn't be very good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the the magnification photos on your um, on your site. It's a nice touch. The buckle. Yeah, and they, look, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they look laser engraving. SDC. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So they they yeah. they look they look very cool. Um, and at the moment, we just have the black wetsuit straps, which. Mm. Which which is probably the easiest color because most wetsuits are you know are, are black. Um, yeah. But later this year we're going to be launching our new collection of straps, which will be different colors. So we're going to have reds, we're going to have blues, we've got all sorts of colors, which I think is going to be really cool. Um, mm. It's just taken a bit longer to get into production uh, for for, ver- for various reasons, but that that's going to be the next stage, and I'm really excited to see that because as you know, there's all different all sorts of different color wetsuits that you can get your hands on
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. I've started that uh, that scrolling thing, but it's not doom scrolling. I'm scrolling on your website. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about the the mechanism because that just in the the back there, it looks pretty damn sexy, mate. I've got to say.
0: Yeah, so it is called for, for, for the watch for the watch geeks, which I consider myself a watch geek.
1: Um, <laughs> it's called
0: a it's called an exhibition case back, uh, or for the the the, the general Joe. Um, uh, an open case back. So mm. however you want to call it, what what it is, is it's a piece of sapphire crystal glass and you can see the full mechanism in the back, which is really cool. And you can see, um, you can see the movement and and for people that aren't aware of the mechanism, it's, it's an NH35 Seiko movement. So Seiko is a brand, which will be very familiar with people. Um, it's a Japanese movement. They've been around for many years and, you know, Seiko themselves produce some really, really high quality dive watches. Um, but we use their movement in our, in our watches. Um, and it's, and it's a great piece. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an automatic, um, automatic movement. You know, if it, if it's on your wrist, you're probably going to get, you know, two or three days worth of movement before it, um, before, before it needs a kind of a shake or a, you know, a bit of a twist. Um, but it's, it's 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 a solid piece and, it, and it's and it's a movement that's been around for a very long time and i think it's very fitting for a diver's watch because with a diver's watch you want reliability um, especially if you're taking mm. it diving um so yeah so it's a uh, nh 35 seiko movement open case back or exhibition case back um and it's a 42 mil so it's a it's it, it, it's a real it's a real chunky piece um mm. but i love that you know um you know whether you've got small wrists you know larger wrists you know i I've always been a big fan of kind of chunkier chunkier watches so um and especially if you're underwater you need something where you can you know you, you can feel it on your wrist um mm. uh, so yeah i think it's 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 a, it's a nice piece and you know I've kind of taken inspirations for different dive watches that i that I really admire um, and I've kind of put them into a design that i that I think is suitable,
1: yeah, yeah no it looks really attractive mate and I like the um the little touch of the directional cookie, your logo on the winder.
0: Yes, so the logo and 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 you, and you probably already know what it is, but um, I was I was thinking about this when I, and again it comes back to my point of not being great at kind of creativity. But what I wanted to do was create some kind of logo um, which represented the bat at uh, the brand. Um, mm. And effectively, what it is is it's a um, it's a uh, it's a dive marker. So, which which, yeah. which you'll know what they are. So, especially in cave diving, where you you know you, you you know you're kind of trying to navigate yourself through a cave. So it's basically an upside down um, dive marker, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and it and it looks a bit like an S. Um, so I thought, yeah. why not why not use it? And, that, and that's and that's what I went for, and it stuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, this it, it's very attractive. Very attractive indeed. Um you know, if I just had one in front of me, I'd be able to say more about it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, do, you know, do you know
0: what it's 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 interesting because um you know it's as much as it's a dive watch, you know, the, the, the word dive watch is you know, there's it's 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 also a fashion watch. So when I say mm. dive watch, obviously you know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a dive computer, but there are different types of watches. So you've got racing watches, you've got, you know, field watches, you've got divers watches. But the reality is, is, you know, when you when you see people with expensive dive watches on their wrists, you know, most of them probably don't even dive. Um, yeah. But it's just, you know, the reason why it's a dive watch is because it's got a unidirectional bezel. So without getting too watch geeky, the reason why it only moves in, in, in one direction is because if you're diving and you've set your, set your timer, you don't want to knock it in the wrong direction where you end up... Ex- dend in your dive time. So you could accidentally be mm. down there for another 10, 15 minutes, which could be dangerous. So that's the reason yeah. why, um, the bezel only moves in one direction. Um, hey. but yeah, no, look, I think look, as a dive watch, I think, I think it fits the bill. I also, you know, I wear it day in, day out. I wear it if I wear a suit or, you know, in a shirt or whatever. So I think, you know, it's great in the water, but also outside the water. Um, mm. so what I'm trying to say is you don't have to be a diver to wear my watch.
1: True. True. I mean, I'm a I'm a Terek fan on my dive computer, and um, I I tend to wear that when we go out uh, on occasion. And um, my missus, she's in in the finance uh, industry, much like yourself. And I, it's very regular. I get asked, "What's what's that on your wrist? You know, what 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 watch is that?" And I think yeah. you're probably going to have the same response with this one because people are going to see it, and people who like good looking watches. Um, they're not gonna. They're not gonna recognise what SDC is. So I think it's no. a, a very good, very good talking point. Have you? Have yeah. you had anyone quizzing you yet? When you've been out and about?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do. I, pe- people quiz me for two things. One because they look at it and um, they you know, they're they're interested whether it's you know, especially the coloured doll, right? So we've got four different coloured dolls. So we I'm wearing the, the silky, silky grey and each of the dolls are named after our sharks. And the plan is to swim with all of those sharks and there's a there's a couple that I haven't swam with yet. Um, but people have quizzed me over the strap because it's quite different and actually from a distance, you probably wouldn't be able to see that it's neoprene, but when you get close and you can mm. start to see the texture, uh, and people, people tend to smell it as well, which is quite interesting. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what they're looking to smell, but you know, clearly they're, they're looking to, you know, that, the, the salt water. So, um, yeah, so yeah, so that's an interesting one. So whenever, whenever, whenever people see it, the first thing they do is kind of pick it up, touch it and smell it. So. Whatever people
1: want to do, I guess. Oh, cool, cool. Now then, ladies and gents, are you liking the look of these beautiful timepieces as much as I am? Do you love what they stand for? And do you want a luxury dive watch without breaking the bank? If the answer is yes, then you're in luck. Sean has very graciously offered a 10% discount on purchases made through the SDC website using the unique code SCUBAGOAT10. So why don't you head on over there now, Grab yourself a cheeky little discount on a very sexy watch, safe in the knowledge that you are contributing to conservation and are about to receive an item that will definitely get everybody's attention. And don't forget to use that code, ScubaGoat10. Hey, um, what's the what's the charitable side of this? You mentioned it earlier on.
0: Yeah, so and, and that's a that's a, that's a good cue actually because we we before I get onto that, we actually just uh, wrote our first check last week, which I'm super proud of um and that was for the marine conservation society so like i said when i first started this business for me you know it wasn't just about you know kind of you know set up a business to make money and sell off into the sunset um you know for me the charitable side was super important and i spent a lot of time actually talking to charities in the uk big and small um who i could partner with and i use the word partner loosely because some of them have quite high demands from you um depending on kind of yeah. revenues and all that kind of stuff so what i wanted to do was partner with a charity that was probably a bit more relaxed um and, and and the charity was marine conservation society and just to be clear what we do is we partner through a company called work for good so as i said partnering with charities in the uk is quite complicated for you know, for reasons which we don't need to go into on, on, on this podcast, but um Work for Good is a really, really cool um kind of intermediary that allows you to set up partnerships with multiple charities and by a click of a button you've got like this paperwork agreement and it's really really simple and you just do a donation whether it's monthly or annually. Um so a shout out to Work for Good who are who are brilliant in supporting small businesses. So so Marine Conservation Society, so I reached out to them probably about a year and a half ago really interesting what they were doing you know they, they they focused very much on uk beaches um you know cleaner beaches healthier oceans that's kind of what they're about um but they're not just about the uk they also do some great work over um, in the caribbean and, and abroad so um they're just a charity that are really easy to to kind of communicate with. I got a really good feeling from them. Um, you know, they do some incredible projects, um, and and we've got involved in quite a lot of their kind of beach cleanups um, and all of that good stuff. And and we try to do as many of those as we can each year. Mm. But um, I just thought it was you know we we kind of built up you know a rapport quite quickly. So what what we what we decided to do was. Every watch that we sell, we will donate five percent of that sale to the Marine Conservation Society. Um, and like yeah. I said, just last week we um, we did we did all the sums and did all the maths and, and and we wrote a, a, a nice check to them. So you know, I, I was really proud of that, and and it was actually um, yeah, it was kind of a big moment for us because
1: yeah.
0: you know we've you know we've had a you know we've had a great journey so far, but being you know being able to support charity at the same time um, is brilliant. And and without without our customers we wouldn't be able to do that so it's all thanks yeah. to them um, not thanks to me so you know again you know a big shout out to, to to everyone that's kind of supported us from when we launched um you know without without them you know we would not be able to do this so um that kind of makes me really proud and um, we've decided to you know to kind of renew that agreement with them uh for another year so hopefully another year of of of, of some healthy donations
1: oh congratulations mate and um you know um, quite humble listen uh, quite a, quite a humble opinion you 've got there, but um, you know putting donations to any charity is um, admirable and um, you know you 've even got on your on your website there that there 's the three targets you know to design a luxury watch and be able to have it with an upcycle element and to be able to provide to charity and you 've hit all three targets, so well done
0: yeah 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 and and, 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 and it's it 's really interesting because as much as I love doing this and I love creating a brand and I love talking about it and also love selling watches um I think the 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 charitable side is one thing but also just that general education and you know you know I could sit here you know for hours right talking about diving and 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 the family and, and the community but I think whenever I get a chance to talk to whether it's you know, people that have done thousands of dives or just one dive or two dives or non-divers. I think just educating people, whether it's about the ocean, um, whether it's about, you know, upcycling, whether it's reducing kind of plastic consumption, all of these kind of things, right? I just think, you know, that's also that's also what this brand is about. So I think, you know, if I can, you know, educate along the way, um, that's also a massive tick for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what's the... Um... What's the what's the vision from from now going forward then? Because we've got the overall vision. We, we've just touched on the the three underpinning core values. There, um, where do you see the, Where do you see it going? What's your what's your mid to long term kind of targets and goals?
0: Yeah, so I think so. We launched the Ocean Rider collection in December twenty twenty one, which feels mm-hmm. not that long ago but also feels like quite a long time ago at the same time so i think look (laughs) with 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 any with any watch brand you know the the life and blood of it is is new releases and whether that's you know a new collection whether that's a kind of an add-on to the ocean rider collection whether that's new strap so there are so many different avenues we can go down um but i think really kind of in the kind of the next you know kind of the short to medium term is just really growing the brand and, and 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 this is why you know talking with yourself you know the, the Australian market is a market we haven't really touched and we haven't really been able to mm. penetrate and um, and there are various reasons why we haven't done that but you know I think you know growing that brand getting the name out there you know continuing to dive showcasing our watches when we're diving and you know we're you know we're doing beach cleanups you know all of this stuff of of, of who we are and our purpose that is kind of my my short to medium term goal. And then alongside that is what else can we do with the product side? So can we bring out new straps? Yes. Can we bring out a new collection? Yes. But what else can we start to upcycle? And I've got lots of ideas, right? I mean, just to give you an example, what I'd love to be able to do is, you know, take an old, you know, um, you know take a, take an old um, scuba diving cylinder, kind of melt it down and create a, you know, a watch case out of it. You know, these are the kind of <laughs> ideas that we're thinking about. I don't know how I do that, but I'm sure it's possible. Um, yeah. So I just think I think I think a combination of growing the brand, growing the product offering. And then also thinking about other things that we can upcycle that relate to scuba diving. And it could be, you know, the plastics in, you know, uh, you know, in in, in a scuba mask or or fins or whatever it might be. So I think there's lots of opportunities. And it's just about kind of taking my time with it. Um, but for me, it's just about growing that brand, growing that audience, and you know that, that's why you know being on podcasts like this are great because you know uh, you know scuba divers are, are, are definitely people that will, will want to listen and, and understand, and you know whether it's buying mm. a watch or kind of buying into the story, you know they're both equally as important.
1: Yeah, and let's be fair. I mean, scuba divers, we all like a sexy bit of kit. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But, when's when's the next gadget you can buy? Yeah yeah Yeah. i I can i can hear the excuses now you know you know you you take your your digital dive computer with you but you need a backup and uh an sdc watch (laughs) looks pretty damn sexy as well when you're going down the pub so it ticks all the boxes exactly. (laughs) exactly Tip top. Hey, what we'll do is um, for those that are, of you that are listening there, we'll put links into the show notes on how you can get hold of SDC watches, and um, there'll also be an affiliate link up on the link tree at some point in the in the next few weeks or so. Um, in the meantime, young man, I have uh, a number of questions that I've been uh, asking of every guest that comes on the show. Yes. Yeah. So let's have a let's have a rattle at some of these, shall we? Okay. Um Okie dokie. Number one. How do you describe your pastime as a diver to people who are not familiar with the activity?
0: How do I how do I describe it? I think I think I describe myself as a as a bit of a I don't want to say salty sea dog because I think that term has uh, has a a few bad connotations and you're probably laughing, but I think, I think, I think definitely is someone, I'm not a salty sea dog, just to be clear. Um, someone that
1: is a bit of a grey beard.
0: (laughs) I would, I would look to an on-diver, I would describe it as a, as an incredible opportunity to go and explore a world that not many people have been able to touch. And I think if you, if you have a bit of a thrill seeker inside you, you're curious. Um, and you want to be part of a community which is quite unique and there's not that many of us, right? Let's Mm. be clear, you know, compared to other sports, there's not that many of us and when I say us as in scuba divers, I think if you want to kind of take yourself out of your comfort zone but learn about something and learn about the ocean and also just have great fun with it, that's how I would describe the experience Um, and I think it's like none other Um, and and, and I honestly mean that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, since I started doing scuba diving full-time every vacation or holiday I've been on since has been you know for scuba diving everything else is secondary
0: yeah yeah and 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 actually I have this um my girlfriend's going to hate me for saying this but whenever we plan our holidays now it's well can we scuba dive there tick um (laughs) or can we not let's go somewhere else so I'm kind of on the same page as you Matt
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The next day, you just gonna kind of have to get her underwater and start doing it. You know, get her training. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I, I think we covered this one earlier on, but uh, can you share a memorable diving experience that stands out to you as the best you've had?
0: Yeah, and I, I think I will just have to go back to, to to Belize, and I think you know we we took a short a short boat journey, maybe ten minutes off um off the jetty in the water probably no no deeper than 15 meters and just being surrounded by probably half a dozen reef sharks um mm. just incredible absolutely incredible and and i think i think one of them was probably definitely double the size of me but just it was <laughs>
1: it,
0: it 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 was really peaceful it's the only way i can describe yeah. it it was really peaceful and calming but i knew my heart was going because I'd, mm. I'd never, I'd never seen this, you know, this animal before. So, um, just, just an incredible experience and just, everyone was just in awe and they were just swimming around us and, you know, they're just observing us and, um, it was just brilliant. And I, and, and, mm. and I remember getting out of that water and it was, it kind of took my breath away. So
1: definitely, yeah. definitely one of my top dives. Tip top. Hey, did you do, I can't remember the name of it now, but along, um, I'm assuming you're on the same side as I was, but you come away from the jetty and effectively hang a right. And um, about ten minutes out there's a, a relatively shallow um, sand area with some, some sea grasses and they had a an awful lot of large bull rays and um, the odd shark swimming around. I don't know whether you I can't, that one I, I can't ring any bells?
0: I, no, it doesn't. It do, I may no. have done. I may have done, but yeah. no it doesn't. It doesn't, I'm afraid.
1: It was probably one of the best surface intervals I've ever had, just sitting on the boat and watching everything going on underneath in this beautifully clear water
0: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. oh there we go, um okay, so if someone wanted to pursue a career similar to yours, I would say in uh, in designing watches, I guess rather than diving or conservation, um what advice would you give them?. Ooh. <laughs> Get used to not having a lot of sleep. Um,
0: <laughs> no, no. I would, I would say take risks. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's very easy. And look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 31 years old. You know, I, I, still consider myself as pretty, pretty young, um, mm. ish. And I think if you, if you can take risks in life, calculated risks, then do it because, even if you fail, I think being able to say that you've taken a risk is, you know, it, you know, it, it speaks volumes and, you know, by me going into this industry, um, and, and the, and the journey that I've been on, it's been a massive risk, but I've got so much out of it. So I would say be bold and take risks. Um, and and I, and I also think you know, have fun with it, you know, there's, you know, mm. I've had really good days doing this and I've had really bad days where I've thought, you know, I, you know, I want to give up or it's not working, but you know, you've, you've got to take the wins and you've got to take, you know, you've got to take them. So I would say be bold, don't be afraid and take risks. And I think just enjoy what you do. Um, and it's okay to have bad days. I think that's what I'd probably say to people. Mm.
1: How, how did you? I just want to dig a little deep, little deeper on that one. How did you deal with the the bad days? I'm I'm tend to be the kind of guy that just gets up and walks away for a while. Um, did you have a strategy at all that worked for you?
0: Yeah, I think sometimes, sometimes you just got to be. You've got to be grateful for what you've got. And 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 I've had bad days where, you know, or I've had months where things haven't gone well or maybe a piece of marketing didn't come out how I want it or maybe I didn't generate as many sounds as I thought, you know, kind of blah, blah, blah. But I think sometimes you just got to take a step back and go, I'm actually quite lucky to be doing this. Um, and I know if I wasn't doing this, I probably wouldn't be as happy. So sometimes, you know, you just got to take a step back and just be grateful for what you have but know why you're doing it. And I think if you can kind of take a breath, walk away, you know, kind of go out for a walk um, and kind of just bring things back into perspective, I think yeah. that really helps. Um, but I would say just, you know, the way I cope with it is just being grateful for what I have. Um, mm. And it's okay not to have everything all in one go. So that, that's kind yeah. of the way I deal with it. And actually when you take a step back, you think actually, it's not that bad.
1: Yeah. No, good point. Well presented. Yeah. Um okay if you could change anything about the scuba diving industry in general what would it be
0: So I've got a good one for this I think whenever I go scuba diving if I if I'm going to a place where I don't have a recommendation I think it's really hard to find a really good you know dive school um or a dive center um if you haven't got a recommendation if you have got a recommendation great use it brilliant but if you haven't you know there are you know you can go on the paddy websites or you know you can go on forums but i think Mm. as a dive industry i think if we can make it more accessible um to kind of you know pick a location and 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 really dig into you know where's the best dive schools you know where you can get the best experience etc etc if they can make that easier i think that would be a huge win because i always Mm. know when i'm when i'm looking at places you know you know there are you know, I want to you know think about going to Thailand, and you know there are hundreds of different dive schools. You know, where do you start? And there's probably loads of really good dive schools, but how do you know which one is the best one and the best one for X reason? Um, I just yeah. think if the industry could make it a bit easier to to kind of sift through that, um, that would be a lot easier, and I and I think I would benefit, yeah. and and I think others would as well.
1: Yeah, it's one of the things that I try and do with this show is. Um, promote operations operators uh, services that i've personally experienced and and rate um highly and it, and like you say it's got everyone's got a different goal and it harps yeah. back to the kind of questions where people always ask what's the best place in the world to dive well everywhere because every yeah. everywhere's got a different thing that you dive for so it shouldn't be where's yeah. the best location but it should be what do you want out the experience and exactly. that point that you've raised there about you know referrals um, you know, and Thailand, if you're going to Thailand, mate, I'm your man. I used to live there, and I dived there, and I work there. Um, I've got there a go. lot of contacts. So you <laughs> tell me what you want to do while you're there, and I'll point you in the right direction.
0: <laughs> there we go. That's the perfect example. Perfect example. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, spot
1: on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be kind of hitting that one, that particular subject pretty hard this year. I want to start doing um, little little clips to raise awareness of operators in particular locations and why you want to go and dive there, et cetera, et cetera. So do it as a, like you say, like a, a referral kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it'll help a few people. So, And I, I think, I'm going down a bit of a side avenue here, but I think one of the issues that you that people do have as well is if you're scoping out a place, a lot of people will go to the likes of TripAdvisor and these kind of things and um, see what the reviews say. And you only need one armchair arsehole to give a company a bad score. And it's not the true reflection of of the operator. Uh, And it can work both ways. Um, Yeah, because you also have some... um, not very good
0: divers that can ruin things for themselves and suddenly it's operators for them. Mm. So you're right.
1: Yeah. Mate, I've had some absolute fucking arseholes turn up to, yeah. work, to dive with me when I've worked in different locations and they put up reviews and they're bad reviews. And thankfully I've had good bosses that have just said, no, nah, I'm not interested in them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just takes one arsehole not to like it and that's it. It's um, it screws it. So we want to try and bring a bit of balance on that this year. Hopefully we'll see. Um, okay, so um, here's a good one for you. Uh, what are your thoughts on ways to minimize human impact on the oceans?
0: So I think it comes down – there's a couple of things. I think one, just basic day-to-day things. So, you know, recycling, and we'll get to upcycling, but just just little things. Just being a bit more conscious about what you're buying and um, – you know, even, even when you go to the supermarket and you just look at all the packaging and the plastic and you just think, you know, can I can I minimize the amount of plastic that I use and throw away? Um, and if you don't use a lot, then you're not going to throw away a lot. So I just think there's a couple of things where I think people can just take a breather and just think, well, actually, do I need to or is it can I buy something a bit more sustainable? I think that's the, the starting point. Mm. The second point is, you know, we we use too much stuff. <laughs> Um, and I think you've only got to look around your kitchen or your bathroom and see the amount of plastic that's in there. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's quite scary at times. Um, so I just think, you know, can we can we reuse items more? Do we need to replace things as often? So I th- I just think it's the basic things which you know ultimately this all ends up in landfill, and you know, and if it, if, it, if, it if it isn't getting you know burnt to shreds and. Going up into the air, it's it's probably getting, you know, making its way into the ocean. So I just I just think it's just little things like that where people just need to think about what they're using you now, how often they're buying the same items, and can they can they repurpose and reuse? Um, so I think I think it's just those basic things I would I, I would say, um, and then just just you know, you know when you when when you go to your local beach or you're on holiday, you know just 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 think about what you're doing and uh, avoid you know, you know, whatever it is, just, you know, avoiding polluting beaches and, 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 and the sea. And, you know, it's very easily done. Um, my, my biggest annoyance is, you know, when you see, you know, people smoking or whatever and cigarette butts and all that stuff, you know, those things stay around for years and years and years and years. And and it's just, it's just awful. So I just think just be a bit conscious and a bit, bit kinder, um, to our beaches and oceans is what I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I can't remember what it's called now, is it? pick up to or whatever but if you go to the beach and you see a bit of rubbish just pick a couple of pieces up you don't have to save it all but take a few pieces yeah. and put them in the trash and if everyone does that then it's going to be a damn sight cleaner there's um in fact i'm going to do i'm going to do another shout out actually for my mate justin over in texas he's um he's a guy um that much like ourselves he's got a passion for diving and um he, he likes to keep things or do his little bit to to help with conservation etc so he does beach cleanups and he just organizes them through the uh, facebook group that he started um texas scuba divers and um one of his most recent ones he went down to a local beach and there was shit everywhere i mean it was it was full of rubbish and they filled the entire back of his um his uh uh, what they called open loaders or utes or whatever um they took a shit ton of rubbish you know they didn't have enough plastic bags to get everything gone but he was that appalled with it that he contacted the local um, government and said, hey, this shit needs to be sorted out. And fair play to them. They have responded more or less straight away and said that they're putting into place you know, bins and recycle locations, et cetera, et cetera, for that particular location that he'd been at. So little things can lead to big changes. And yeah, uh, I applaud I anyone agree.
0: And, does it. And that's brilliant. And I think you know the more people... Can get involved with beach cleanups. I mean, if you're lucky and it's a sunny day and it's you know it's relatively warm and you can spend a few hours with the litter picker. I mean, it's quite nice. You get some exercise. You get to clean the beach. You know, be by the ocean. You know, see air. I mean, it's, it's a win-win, right? Yeah. Um yeah. And you're and you're around people who have similar mindset. So I think I think the more the more people do them, the better.
1: Yeah, yeah, and just remember to bring your woolly pulleys and your coat and your hat and your gloves if you're in the UK because there's not many warm days. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and 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 trust me. Um, Actually, we, you know, I did one. When was the last
0: time I did one? I think it was in September, and it was actually quite nice. But it started raining, and it got cold quite quickly. So it went from a nice, beautiful kind of you know blue sky day to quite grey. But anyway. (laughs) <laughs> we, we, we picked up a load of litter and we filled up loads of bags and, you know, we felt pretty good after the end of it.
1: Good on you, good on you. Okay, um, so um, what are your thoughts on... Oh, no, we've just done that one, sorry. Um, has your passion for diving or your industry in particular changed over time? And if so, how?
0: I mean, my, my passion for diving has just got stronger and stronger. And I think I've just become more and more curious. So, you know, I've done a lot of... Um, you know, wreck dives. You know, I'm super fascinated by sharks. I'm weirdly obsessed with sharks, whether they be um, whether that's diving with them, shark cage diving, whatever it may be. But you know, it's the main reason why I named my collection uh, after after uh, after after four different sharks. But hmm. you know, for me, I've become more and more curious around kind of their habits and how they interact, um, and I just find it fascinating. So I think you know, absolutely. I've become more curious, you know, you know, I went through a bit of a stage I was like, I want to dive as deep as possible. And then I kind of retrenched from that and thought, actually, no, I'm kind of okay at the 20 meter mark. Um, Mm. but yeah, I've just got more curious and I just want to, I just want to travel the world and see cool things and, you know, explore the underwater, which, which again, I think, you know, the more you do it, the more you learn and the kind of the greater life experiences. So for me, absolutely. I think that curiosity, um, and that passion has just, it just continues to grow. And, uh, and, and setting up a business with my main, one of my main passions being diving, I just think it's, you know, it's, it's a great combination.
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome stuff. And if you ever end up coming down to Australia and, and want to do some real shark diving, then uh, let me know well in advance and we'll head on down oh, to well. uh, Rodney Fox on the south coast and we could do some, uh, he's, he's got the only um, bottom floor cage in the world. And, um, if you imagine being 20 meters down and seeing the great whites, it's something wow. spectacular.
0: Mm. I was, I was going to ask you what a bottom floor cage was, but it, it took me a second, but I think I've realized exactly what it is now. But, um, I think, I think yeah. I may have seen that on shark week. Um, yeah. I think, I think he's been on shark week maybe one, once, once, or twice, but, um, that sounds incredible. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Very possible. That sounds incredible. Yeah. It's, it's still on my bucket list. I've still not gone and done it, but I will. Um, I've got many friends, and in fact, Don Silcock. I think he was down there last month for uh, his fourteenth and fifteenth visit. Um, he loves it that uh, much. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd be more scared of being on
0: the bottom or kind of suspended in the water. I'm not quite sure. Maybe being on the bottom, you feel a bit more stable. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I should imagine so. Um, yeah, you. you, you if you watch Forty Seven Meters Down, that stupid movie with a cage falling <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, <laughs>
0: I have seen it. I have seen it. It's not it's not the kind of movie you want to watch before you do shark cage diving. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> um, I, 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 well, the next question is going to be very easy for you. I think we've touched on it already. But is there a particular conservation effort that you are particularly passionate about? If so, which one and why?
0: Yes, yeah, so I think. Look, the the Marine Conservation Society is. You know, they do a, a lot of great work, UK and, and abroad. Um, and people from all walks of life get involved with their projects, which is what I love. You know, you don't have to, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a member. You can just get involved, sign up to a beach cleanup. And, you know, everything you're doing is is in support of, of, of that charity. But look, there are so many good charities out there. Um, and, you know, I think whoever's supporting whatever charity, you know, we spoke about this, about a, um, I think it was Australian conservation society i think what we mm-hmm. it, it may not be called that but we, we spoke about that but look there are so many good charitable causes and it's very hard to choose one um but i think if if you can donate to any charity like you say whether it's um you know uk or, or abroad i think you know that's that's you know it hats off to you but um i just think what they do they're very approachable and i think you know they're very relevant for you know our our, our vision and our purpose so um you know, if we can continue to support them, then 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 we will.
1: Yeah, yeah, indeed. And send me the links because I'll put those in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um. Okay. Of the many safety procedures we have in the industry, if you had to choose one as the most important, what would it be?
0: Oh God. I would say the buddy check.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the reason why is because you can be lucky enough to do a buddy check with someone you've dived with hundreds of times and, you know, exactly, you know, you know what everyone's doing, or you could do a buddy check with someone that you've never dived with before. Um, which again is equally as important, but I just think when you're, when you're diving, your body is, is, is one of your most important assets when you're down there, um, for all sorts of reasons, pointing out, you know, a piece of marine life or, or, you know, being there as your kind of just your, your safety guide. So I think that body check is super important and. It shouldn't be skipped over, you know, it should be thorough. Um, and I think it's something that's often overlooked, especially when you've done quite a few dives. So I think, you know, just remember the basics. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I just think, I just think that's really important. And I think once you've got, you know, and the last thing you want to do is get down there and something's not right and you have to end the dive. So I just think, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of take, take a couple of minutes to really, you know, check and double check on that body check.
1: Yeah. No, it's a good point. And it I for me personally, um, I've seen all over the world now. Um, it's one of the first things that disappears. People just get blase yeah. and um yeah. swap their own equipment out, thumbs up with a buddy and away they go. Um buddy yeah. checks, uh they, they dwindle and they shouldn't. They should be, like you say, right up there as a must do before any dive.
0: What what yeah. what do most people answer to that question out of interest? because there are various procedures which are really
1: important yeah. I always think that one. Well there's Yeah, there's a, there's a few um you know I can't remember now um someone said about putting uh, having delayed smbs uh, for servicing um communication underwater um it's it, I I'm going to get to the end of the season and see which one's the most common I think buddy yeah. checks is going to be right up there to be honest Yeah,
0: okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, never forget your training. That was another one that came up. Uh, you know, <laughs> continue, continue with your training and practice, practice, practice. Um, yeah. Which is another thing I do with the missus when we're on dives. If we're on a safety stop and it's a pretty boring dive, then we'll, we'll run through some some little safety elements. You know, just flush your mask, get it, get it done, get it practiced. Because you know, when I first yeah. met her, she was an advanced diver, couldn't have water on her face because she'd gone through a process of training and they'd done the absolute minimum. So she wasn't naturally just used to uh, doing that procedure. So practice, practice, practice. Yeah,
0: and I think okay. the, the, uh, the, only other, uh, the only other one I would say is, um, is don't rush anything. You know, take your time yeah. going up, going down, and don't rush your training, you know. and don't
1: pay for cheap shit. You yes. know, if, yes. if, it's, if it's too cheap... Then you're getting shafted. Just move on. Yeah. And you're talking about a sport that risks your life. You're going into an environment that is not sustainable for human beings. Why exactly. fucking scrimp on it? Pay the proper dues. Get some proper tuition and the full tuition. Not some cheap-arse, you know. Oh, I could go off on that one. Know, <laughs> there's too much of I it. I hear
0: you, Matt. I hear you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, what are your top five bucket list destinations? Five. Oh,
0: right, I, I might not be able to get five, but I'll, I'll definitely give you a few. So Raj okay. Ampat is where I want to go. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm told it's still kind of untouched, um, and I've heard it's just a beautiful place um, to see above and below um, the the water. So Raj Ampat. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. The Philippines, again, on the bucket list. Um, great place to dive, um, beautiful waters. I would love to go to Australia at some point. Never been, so definitely on the bucket list. Um, mm-hmm. South Africa, I want to do some cage diving with the white sharks if there's any around. Um, I'm actually going to South Africa at the end of this year, but I have done my research and I'm told it is low season. And the worst visibility in December. So I may not see... Can I I I give
1: you a bit of an insight there? Um, Go on. (laughs) With Australian Australian Conservation Society, um, Dr. Leo Guido, he was on the show last season. And he was telling me all about how the Great Whites are disappearing from the coastlines of South Africa. Now, I'm sure there's going to be people that jump on and say, no, they're still here. Yes, they're still there, but not in the numbers that they used to be. So a yeah. lot of the operators in South Africa are now advertising it as shark dives as opposed to great white shark dives. And what the science community have seen is the great white sharks are moving more towards southern Australia. Um, okay. So we're getting more over here and less over there. And that's down yeah. to global warming.
0: Okay. I... I, I um I've heard the exact same, um, so I'm not holding my breath. But do you know what? We'll give it a go, and if we don't see any white sharks, you know, so be it. But um, but yeah, that that's also on my bucket list. So I think I think I did I give you yeah. four? Is that four? No, and then, and then the final two. one yeah. is the I've I've got one more, which we all know all about the uh, the Galapagos Islands. That's that's also <laughs> you know I think I think this, I think I think the scenes of all the hammers, um, you know, um, that would be incredible to see. So there we go. I thought I'd struggle, but clearly not.
1: (laughs) Well, try and do them in a a relatively sensible order as well, because if you jump straight to Raja and Galapagos, everything else that you're going to go and do and dive elsewhere might seem a little bit under par in comparison, especially when you're looking at Raja, um, because it's just immense biodiversity. So um, you you mentioned wanting to go to Thailand. Go and do the Thailand bit. Go and do other parts of Indonesia. Do... Um, you know, more of South America, all those kind of things. And then when you really get to the point of, I think I've seen it all, then go and hit the likes of Rajarampat and the Galapagos and Papua New Guinea, because um, they are right up there. You know, they're, they're just out of this world. So diving Absolutely. in the Caribbean might seem like a bit of a puddle in comparison to Raja you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's not, I, did, I, it's did, not <laughs> I
0: I I did miss one and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you six. I'm really sorry, but I really want to go okay. to Tiger Beach um, and see the tiger sharks.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well I'll tell you what if you're if you're massive on the tar- on the shark front, then and then you're gonna head over that way then configure in a, a trip where you go to Tiger Beach and also down to um, have a dive with Christina Zanato. And she's the mother of yes. all sharks. Yes. Um, yeah. She's been on the podcast as well. And um, we constantly have chit-chats back and forth. But you can don the chain mail and, and go and uh, sit with the sharks the way that she does. And from yeah. what I see all the people doing, it, it's just a magical, magical dive.
0: Yeah, I um, I, I follow her very closely on Instagram, and I've, I've, uh, oh. I've, I've listened to her on on a few podcasts, and yeah, I um, yeah, what she does is incredible, and and you know, God, if I got if I got to dive or with her, that'd be brilliant. But yeah, she's, I think she's Bahamas. I think if I'm if I'm yeah. not mistaken,
1: yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can hook you up, mate. If you're heading over that way, I'll hook you up. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, uh, last question: How would you describe the dive community to a non-diver? I think we did this one earlier on, didn't we?
0: I think so. I think I used the word salty sea dogs, but I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah, refrain yeah. from that. So look, we're, 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 we're a, we're, a, we're a community of, of, of ocean advocates. We are a community of, um, they kind of, you know, ocean junkies probably using all the wrong terms here, but I just, I just think, <laughs> you know, you know, on, on, a serious note, I think we are, we are people that are very curious, um about another world that not that many people know about and not mm. that people not that many people want to explore and i just think it's just such a close community and it, it's a knowledge sh- it's a knowledge sharing community and everyone everyone wants to have fun everyone wants to be safe um and everyone wants to learn and i just think why wouldn't you want to be part of that community yeah yeah fair one
1: fair one okay mate um i think it's about time we wrap it up it must be getting on uh quite late over there and it's Mm. time for breakfast over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, a pleasure having you on the show and, and chatting about uh, SDC watches. And um, obviously we'll put all the links into the show notes for everybody who wants to buy one of these sexy items. Um, is there anything that we've missed that you'd like to cover before we disappear?
0: No, look, I think, look, firstly, thank you for having me on, on the show. It's been great talking to you and and like i said you know i've learned i've learned a ton load from this so um you know thank thank you for that matt um and look, if anyone ever wants to talk about diving or watches you know feel free to you know drop me a message on instagram drop me an email um i'm always willing to talk about watches and diving um yeah so yeah so, so give me a shout and I'm, I'm always happy to chat
1: happy days okay well again thanks for being on the show and uh, everybody who's listening bye for now
0: Go, go, go. The podcast for the inquisitive diver.